The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is your host for this evening's program, Dave Schultz, from Evangelical Life Ministries, the mother of what we do here every Sunday night on Engaging Truth. Our guests for this evening uh, will be on during the course of the month of of February, which is Valentine's Month, and we're going to focus upon not self-indulgent love, which is the love in which we live today, but self, um, self-giving self love, self-motivated by the gospel of Christ. And so we welcome to the mics this evening, Mike and his wife Liz, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're going to base what we are thinking on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let me just read those few verses because it talks about what love looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irresentful or unreproachable. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in truth. Love hears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I like that middle one. It does not insist on its own way. That's the indulgent life in which we live today. Michael, you've got a family, a family that you were probably thinking about long before the girls that you have. Tell me something about your family. Oh, yes. Uh, so we have three little girls and my wife, and my wife always jokes that uh, she has to import men into her family. So she's got two sisters, both of which have nothing but little girls. Uh, after Lily came along, my middle child, we thought we would try one more time for a boy, and we ended up getting another girl. So lo and behold, our whole family is nothing but but little girls. And That's so us now, too. <laughs> Both kids and grandkids and great grandkids, all girls except for one. Oh wow! Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know what it's like to live in a girls' dormitory. See, so, uh, but Ashlyn is sixteen. She's driving now. We just got her a, an automobile, and uh, she's. Uh, very active with cheerleading. She also likes softball. Lily is 13. She's a horse riding fanatic. We still have a horse for her. She's she's riding um, frequently. And then Hannah is 10, and Hannah's our little artist. She can just about draw anything. I mean, I can draw a, a pretty good stick figure, but this girl at 10 can can just outdo me, like hands down. So um, they're all different in their own unique way. Um, but it's truly a joy to, to raise those, those children and watch them progress and grow. Which one is going to be a boy? I think Hannah is going to be the tomboy. <laughs> Hannah already is the tomboy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, you thought about a family long before you were married. 
You say, maybe one day God will give me the opportunity to have a family. Uh, and you probably thought they would be much alike if you had them, both boys and girls. How are the girls different from each other? They are very, very, very different. And I know um, once our second Lily came along, I honestly thought, well, what's wrong? What is wrong? This child is so different. And eventually, after making several trips to the pediatrician, he said, well, um, I think it's time to just realize this one is uh, cut from a separate cloth. And so um, they they are very much Ashlyn, um, our oldest, as Michael said, uh, you know, she was the first grandchild. She was the first baby in the family. Um, and she was very, very quiet. Even um, as a baby, she would wake up in the morning and just coo and laugh. And so we'd have to make sure we went in um, to get her out of bed. She would never cry. <laughs> um, but it's still very much the same way. She's very sweet and serious and wise um, and has such a heart for her family. Um but then Lily came along, and she is a force to be reckoned with. She, uh, she really is. She's fearless, driven. Uh, you know, like Michael said, she can go out and ride into these arenas on a, in a national championship without hesitation, um, and, and just shine, which is so different from myself. I really envy and admire that about her. Um, but you know, that's challenging at times to parent, but, um, she's just magnificent. And then Hannah, who's our little wild child, she is, uh, a person unto herself and wears it with pride and very creative. You never know what she's going to do next. Very funny and artistic. So coming from the same mother and the same father, you'd think they'd be the same, <laughs> but they ain't. They're all together different. Describe for me, best you can, as I read 1 Corinthians 13, what self-sacrificial love means in light of this month that we're in, Valentine's Month. Um, I know for me, I had an amazing example of what that looked like from my grandmother, um, who just passed last year. Um, but she was such a powerful example um, of faith. You know, she would pray in all things, and her whole life was about her family and about all of us. She raised four generations, over 20, um, between her daughters and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and um, she was always just quietly in the background serving the family, cooking Sunday afternoon dinners after church and um, she was always sewing something for someone or um, always there for every event. And, um, you know, even when her health began to decline, um, you know, we, uh, my sister and my mom and aunt and I were um, always switching out, staying with her in the hospital. And um, in those moments, it was the hardest time our family's gone through, but we were always there, and it was some of the sweetest moments that we'd had together. Um, and they really transcended that um, that tragedy. But um, she raised us all to know what 
loving each other really meant, and that was serving your family. She raised us to be good mothers, to lovingly admonish our children when it was necessary and speak truth um, to each other and our children and our spouses. And, um, and that was her beautiful legacy. Um, you know, it wasn't a great huge bank account or cars or a huge house. It was um, being a loving, sacrificial Christian woman. And there are 20 souls now that go on to do the same from her example. Michael, you're a dad. You're a loving dad. You're a Christian dad. How do you apply that self-sacrificial love that you know about, not to the business world, but to the small gathering of family? Christ came down from heaven. He could have sat on his throne in heaven and ruled over everyone, but he came down to earth and paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could all be free of our sins. And, you know, he died on a cross. And so I don't know that me as a dad, I mean, that's the way I look at my children uh, on a daily basis. If uh, one of them were to run out in the street and a bus was coming, I would, I would, I know I would, you know, push them out of the way and, and take the hit for my kids. And so Christ has modeled that, that level of, of sacrifice for us. And I feel it's incumbent on, on me as a father, uh, to do the same for, for my children to, at that, at that level. Um, am I always perfect? No. Uh, we, we're, we live in a sinful, broken world we're we're all fallen human beings um but Christ modeled that that level of sacrificial love for us and so that's what I strive for in my walk and in my parenthood and really in in our relationship as with spouses what surrounds your girls in the secular world is we live in a time of entitlement um, in other words, you deserve this. How do you battle with this, knowing that you come from just a whole different point of view? For me in my walk, I know early on in our marriage, when our children were very, very young, um, we struggled financially. We, 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 were, we were not blessed with a lot of material uh, items at that uh, time. By the way, time. join the world. Yeah, we, you know, it was a real struggle. It was a sacrifice, you know, it was a sacrifice to start a small business and to start a family. Um, and I, and I can remember putting a lot of things on the back burner that I, that I wanted. And I just made a commitment early, early on in our marriage and in our, in our parenthood to, to do everything that I could and work as hard as I could to, to build something so that I could to build a legacy so that I could um, pass those blessings on to my children and, and provide for my children. And I feel like that is my job as a father is to provide for my family. And so I can remember at one point um, we had a, a very old car that that was power steering went out and there was, you know, quite a number of things wrong with it. Um, I could have at that point, probably gone out and bought a new car ahead, ahead of my wife or, you know, and, and other things. But I, I continued to drive that car 
and I made the sacrifice to buy Elizabeth a new a new car that where she could cart the girls around in. And so that's just a, a small example of of that sacrificial mentality. How about you, Liz? Any thoughts on this? We live in a time of entitlement, and as the kids hear this all the time, you're entitled to the best. How do you deal with it? Well, um, I know we always have the girls help with things and engage, um, you know, in charitable things and everything else. But I think especially the last year, um, 2020, uh, has been interesting and, you know, bringing all of us to our knees and talking with them through that as they saw um, other families struggle, lose homes, lose jobs, and everything else. It was a powerful example um, to them and to everyone um, that uh, what we put our time and energy into uh, ends up being where we put our our hope and our our, our strength and uh, you know what we rely on on a daily basis and so when you put it into the wrong things like the home you're in the car you're in what club or what activity you're doing um, when things fall out from under you are you on the rock or are you on the sand? And um, it was a powerful time uh, that reminded all of us and us as a family uh, to really come together and spend that time together um, and, uh, you know, really grow um, in that bond and understand that we had we had the rock to stand on and uh, watching all of the examples of crumbling lives and uh, a lot of rioting and uh, and civil unrest happening um, and, and share with them that, you know, a lot of that may possibly be because uh, people were, you know, relying on the wrong things and that's what happens. And so I think, um, you know, they've gotten the example from us, but certainly they've seen that unravel in the world, and that's been powerful, too. That, that is a powerful <laughs> example. Um, um, one of my kids the other day said, oh, Dad, why don't you get a new car? I said, the old ones run just fine. <laughs> and there are no car payments, no high insurance. And if one happens to be crunched somewhere, that's okay. <laughs> Still runs. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> Let me just stop for a moment and do a little bit of PR for who we are. I'd like to share with you a little bit about ELM and the program Engaging Truth. We are a small group of Christ-centered folks who believe in the power of communication. It has been for many of us on the board a wonderful but eye-opening experience to know that with technology available today, programs such as this can be disseminated electronically and distributed worldwide almost simultaneously. And I don't believe this is ever going to end. That's why we are pausing at this moment to ask you to prayerfully consider helping us distribute our programming interviews. I'll tell you how. You can go to our website, elmhouston.org, to donate online, or you can send your support to, and I'll give you the address, ELMPO Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 
877-477-4410. Also, at our website, elmhouston.org, you can access podcasts of past Engaging Truth programs and use the contact tab to ask a question, comment on our programming, or even submit a prayer request. So we ask that you become part of our ministry as well. Would you please... Let's get back to Michael. Let's get back to Liz. Talking a little bit about family and living in the culture. Uh, nobody expected this last year, 2020, to be what it was. You just had to make adjustments on the way. Adjustments not only in your physical things that you were doing, but emotional things as well. Your spiritual things stayed pretty much intact, but how you distributed them or how we distributed them was altogether different. Let me ask you the question about the future. We can't see around the corner what God has got planned for us. You can't see. I can't see. What do you see as you give your girls direction for high school and college, and they come home from the secular university where some of them may go with a whole different idea about life, about meaning, about purpose, about God. Have you given that thought for the future, and what is your thinking on that? Uh, we're very much faced with that now with uh, sophomore in high school and a, a daughter about to go into ninth grade. Um, and, you know, my heart's been on that, and I've begun praying a lot about that because as challenging as a lot of our moments have been, I realize the hardest time is coming when we set them out into the world and we can't be there, um, you know, when every single little thing hits. And so um, I think just really focusing on making sure when they come home with one issue or other or they recognize um brokenness around them, uh, you know, issues at school, other friends having problems at home, um, reinforcing in them um, that at the end of the day, our faith and our family and the strength and love we give each other is the most important thing. And if we don't walk in the way that God's instructed us and get off that path, that's when things go terribly wrong. So just hope that we set them out there with uh, you know, God's word and the best instruction we can, and maybe they'll wander on the right path again if they stray a bit. But uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. Who is the tough one in the family of husband and wife? I mean, <laughs> I think I know, but Michael, who is it? The tough one? I would say it's probably me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say... Um, in, in certain aspects, we, we complement each other very, very well. We're very, very different in many, many respects. And I think that those differences really complement each other. Um, our core beliefs and our foundation in Christ and our, um, and, and, and our, uh, way in which we, we, we put our faith in our, and, and put Christ at the center of a relationship is unwavering, and that, that doesn't change. But we're very different in many, many ways. That's for sure. Who can be toughest on the children? 
Oh, that's me for certain, I think, especially because they're all three girls. You know, uh, Michael very much, you know, gets his moment in the sun. But um, <laughs> uh, as an oldest of three girls myself and knowing uh, knowing how to navigate all of those issues between girls, you know, I usually tend to, uh, you know, put things in their place pretty quickly and call them on you know, uh, redirecting themselves when, you know, there's arguments or she stole my sweater or, uh, you know, being nasty with each other. I usually tend to uh, be bad cop in those moments. And he uh, he certainly has his uh, little girls who love him. So we kind of tend to balance that a bit, too. I can empathize. <laughs> A favorite on-air personality of mine that I listen to periodically begins his program all the time. You've just finished your part-time job and you're going to your full-time job. He's saying your part-time job is what you do in the world and your full-time job is what you do at home. Michael, do you want to comment on that? Is there reality to that? Is there truism to that? Absolutely there is. Uh, you know, you're at work for eight hours a day and then you're home on the weekends and at night. And, um, our first responsibility more than, more so than anything else is to raise our family, to raise our children, uh, the way that, uh, we, we want them to, to be in this world. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly. When you see around the corner about, what the future is going to bring. Um, we may have another, um, we may have another year in the future like 2020. Um, but it of course will be different. How do you, how do you, um, internalize this for yourself to be able to share with your girls that preparation for the future is terribly important and that's why you have Jesus every Sunday or every week, every day. Right. We've we've really tried to to instill in our girls that you know life is unpredictable. Uh, bad things happen. It's messy. So having Christ at the center of your life and trusting in God is all all that we have. That's that's our hope. That's where we get our peace and our joy. And I and and we have to instill that in our girls too. Any comments from you on that? Well, and I think I know what I try to really um, drive home with the girls is that um, part of that walk also and what keeps us um, afloat is is to be there for each other and to live, um, live in service not only to our families but those around us. Um, you know, when you're focusing on – um, doing for others and loving um, those around you and supporting them, um, you have a lot less time to worry. You know, you're a lot less worried about me. Um, and um, that's what creates strength um, in yourself, I think, very much so, um, which is contradictory to what the world tells us. You know, if you're living in service for others, putting yourself aside for others, you're weak or you're, you know, simple. But, um, you know, I know I've seen by example 
um, in my family um, and have learned that um, when I feel strongest is when I am uh, focused on on doing for my family, doing for my daughters, um, you know, and, and focusing on those things and not um, myself. And so uh, really doing that and keeping uh, myself in the word and in prayer um, keeps, keeps me balanced and centered. And I, that's what I hope our girls see because the world, you never know what's going to happen next. Thank you, Liz, and thank you, Michael, for being with us. Would you join us again next Sunday night on Engaging Truth, where Jesus is alive in the voices of those who are interviewed. Good night, and thank you. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.